My family will find this fun, that I'm the one giving more financial advice today. But I'm going to take a deeper dive and go a bit further in on the money side. Since I'm not the financially focused wizard that some others are, I'm the perfect person to show some simple math and illustrate how you can commit a little each day or each week to helping you reimagine the word savings and become more financially stable or secure. So join me today as I continue talking about my iteration of the FIRE movement and how to reimagine savings even if you have little or none. Welcome to Life Reimagined with Wendy. I believe we were fortunate to grow up in a unique time in our culture that is helping shape our lives over the age of 45. We are redefining what our lives are like today and pushing the boundaries of what a 45-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 65-year-old, or years young and true adventurer really looks like. Many of us are newly blazing trails and carving out our own purpose-driven path forward. Yep, there have been many unexpected road twists that helped you get here today, but many times these turn out to be blessings. They help you more clearly define what you want. So join me for insights and interviews that show you can face these unexpected challenges and you can come out on the other side stronger and happier. You can make your best days ahead and you can reimagine your next. Today I'm continuing with more recommendations on what I call the new iteration of the FIRE movement. Financially independent and reimagining everything with a focus on what to do if you don't have enough saved right now or if you want to save more. First, we'll cover a bit more about why it's important and then give an example on how to reimagine saving and rewarding yourself by increasing your savings fairly easily and the impact you can still have if you do something for you and your financial future now. Okay, so like I said, I'm the least financially savvy in my family, but for that reason alone, I'm very credible. Several times a year while I was in college, my father had to drive me down to the Third National Bank in Nashville and plead my case as a poor college daughter to remove some of the overdraft fees I kept incurring. I honestly found it way too easy to spend my parents' money. But once I actually started making my own money, I was a bit better. I started saving, thankfully, at an early age. But it's still never enough, and looking back, if I had been more prudent when younger... I'd have more savings and more money working for me. As I got a bit older, I was at least getting better at saving. And even now, even though I haven't mastered the art of all of it yet, I am paying much more attention to saving more, spending less, and making my money work for me. I am concerned, though, as I know many people, either at my age or near my age, that don't have enough retirement savings. A recent study from the Employee Benefit Research Institute found that 78% of respondents think they don't have enough money to last through their retirement. Ooh, yikes. There are unexpected curveballs that happen throughout your life, and maybe you've experienced a hardship that really hit your income hard or limited your ability to save. If so, I hope you'll hang with me just a bit longer because I believe that pausing and doing something about it now can still really help. I know you come across folks on television or internet that talk about how to best, best invest your money, but maybe you've totally blown them off because you don't feel you have enough saved to even think about investing. So is it better to keep avoiding? Sure. I mean, it can be painful 
to look in the mirror and realize we didn't do something or we didn't plan for X as we should have. But even if you feel like you haven't saved enough at this point, it's never too late. My philosophy is that you have to face it, even the tough issues that you know are there. Because what if you don't address it? Well, you have a few options. First is the lottery. Now, the odds of winning the lottery, now my chances to retire from the lottery are about 99.999% positive that I cannot use this as my strategy since I only play about $1 to $2 per year. That's math and odds that I totally understand. But the odds of winning the lottery are significantly less than you getting run over by a herd of wild buffalo under a full moon while eating chocolate chip ice cream. Your second option is to step up your focus and intention and do something about saving a bit more here and there. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Your final option is to hope you have a family member or a very patient and dear wealthy friend who will take you in and house and feed you when you can't work any longer. Otherwise, you may have to go on Medicaid or be placed in a home that's not exactly what you want your final few years on this planet to look like. So believe me, while I don't love to talk about saving money and ensuring you have a safer financial future, I do think it's a critical piece of creating the life you want and having options, so you have to commit to making it a priority. So now that you're with me and ready to do something, we have to reimagine savings and talk about tackling any debt. So other financial experts can comment in greater detail and with greater experience, but I believe that other than mortgage, debt, student loan, and possibly a car loan to get you back and forth to work, you have to do whatever you can to remove or eliminate all other debt. Because every dollar you spend today with credit and every dollar you have in debt costs you more tomorrow, so the mere act of not putting another purchase on credit is already starting to save you future money. So let's reimagine the word saving. Instead of like me, you think of it in terms of depriving yourself, especially of something shiny and new right now. What if instead you redefine it as actually taking charge and you rewarding yourself or caring for yourself? You may not think of yourself today as a good saver, but you can change that pretty quickly. And I want you to think of this as you taking charge of being your own chief financial officer, something I allude to more in my book. By doing so, you're giving yourself more choices and much better options for tomorrow, both the short and the long-term future. Saving means understanding, preserving opportunity and future options for you. Saving means avoiding purchases big and small. I used to pat myself on the back as I was younger as I really didn't make big purchases, so I thought I was being financially prudent. But where I went wrong was that I should have saved more before now and should have done so with all the little purchases. And I'm going to come back to this in a moment. But savings also means putting money aside. Savings means not purchasing on credit. Think of it this way. You find a great sale item for $120. It's very, it's a great deal. And you, but you put it on credit and then you didn't pay it off the first month or the second month and you accrue interest. And now it ends up costing you $200. So that great sale item is no longer a bargain. Saving redefined also means putting you first. You have to take care of your family, and I would never tell you otherwise, but don't do it at the expense of you, especially if you have adult kids. 
Don't give your kids more than what is needed until you save for your and your financial, your and your family's financial security first. So let's get into the fun with math. If you're a visual person or have trouble understanding math without really seeing the numbers, you may want to get a pen and paper to write as I share. Otherwise, you can check out the video version of this podcast with a visual on the screen or the transcription notes here to help. But really, I'm going to quickly compare four scenarios. And I'm going to go from worst to best. So first scenario, you spend $300 on something today on credit, on a credit card with 18% interest. Second scenario, you spend 300 in cash. Third scenario, you avoid that purchase completely. And the fourth is you actually take that money instead and invest it. So you're going to invest $100 every month for three months and gain 4% interest. Now remember, this is an example, a simple exercise. So hopefully it helps you rethink your next non-essential purchase. Makes you stop and think. We're going to look at the impact at 24 months or two years and five years and just see how stark the difference can be with one easy commitment you make to put $100 a month away. Okay, so the first scenario, you spend that $300 on the credit card, you pay the minimum $15 a month, you don't pay or buy anything else, and at the end of the two years, that costs you an extra $60 in interest, so you spent $360. At the end of those two years, if you spent the $300 cash, you're still just out that, um, that amount, but you've also lost the opportunity to invest. Same scenario if you spent zero, right? So you, you didn't lose any more out of your pocket, but there could be more in your pocket if you had invested it. And the best case scenario, you put that $100 a month away, 4% interest, I'm sorry, $100 a month away at 4% interest over those two years. And with interest, now you've got 2638 So now you've got new money in your pocket. Let's extrapolate this out to five years. So if you do that $100 a month with that interest, you have $66.30. So even if you miss a few months or you put $40 this month and $80 next month, you still have over $5,000 in your pocket that you don't have in any of those other scenarios. Worst case scenario with the credit card, you've paid $300 for the item, $60 in interest, and you lost the opportunity to put $6,600 away. And that's seven grand difference between one pocket and the next. That's huge. So let's get back to those little purchases and trying to save up $100 a month. As I mentioned before, that was where I went wrong and really could have saved more before this time in my life. So like examples from last week's podcast, you could eliminate $4 coffees, even probably one time, one great dinner out a month for two people, or maybe three times at a fast food restaurant because that's not cheap either. And you probably can easily pull together, if not $100, maybe $70. But even if you save $10 a week and start put that $40 a month into the formula, it still helps you move in the right direction. And that's, again, something that... People who have wealth understand every little bit of these purchases adds up. They don't go to the movie theater and buy the $15 popcorn and the $12 drink. They are the ones, you have to look really close, but they're cheap and really cheap. And I mean that as a compliment. They don't drive flashy cars, new cars, and they pack their own meals. And they don't have $300 new shoes that match one outfit because that's not important to them. So even if you subscribe to this and start putting money aside and feel like you're making progress, if you fall or backslide, 
it's not the end of the world. Maybe you only saved $45 this month, but if if a big first step for you is avoiding new credit card purchases, again, you're still heading in the right direction. And if you save $45 or $60 this month, that's more than you didn't have last month. And that is money that will start working for you. So again, pause and look at your actions right now. You can reduce your expenses. You don't need to buy that shiny new object. And you don't have to have the most expensive or beautiful car to get you around. You can buy really good used items on Craigslist or Let It Go or uh, there are many other ways that you can find great used items. You can also make your meals at home much more inexpensively and just plan a little bit better. When I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of resources and my mom used to make a, a pound or a pound and a half of ground beef instead of one night for our dinner for four of us she would put it into spaghetti and that would last us three nights. So 12 meals instead of four. So instead, you prioritize yourself and take steps now to make it better for today and tomorrow. And it may even help you sleep better knowing that you're tackling this heads on and doing something about it. I hope this either inspires you, enlightens you to make better choices and possibly even commit to something Another additional step that's easy, commit to reading one article each week that will have you helping have your money work better for you. It's an easy choice, one you can stick to. It's not painful. It takes you five minutes. And it also helps remind me and ground me when I see something shiny that I really like and possibly consider purchasing because it makes me reevaluate that it's really not worth me working another year or two or sacrificing a trip and to a national park or playground. I'm a huge advocate that getting out into that park or playground or getting into nature is financially very inexpensive, but financially deeply fulfilling and rewarding. And I post pictures from these types of trips on Instagram and YouTube just to show, again, money does not always buy you happiness. Just search for Destination You, Wendy, and you'll find it. And I hope you check those out and I hope you look for more recommendations on how to stay focused on you and set up your best next chapter with our Destination You community. Between the book or our free weekly personal challenges in our Facebook group or even getting inspired to get out and play more through adventure in my Instagram posts. So thanks again for listening and remember that it's never too late to invest in you. Let your money work for you and keep focused on you and your priorities and what easy steps you can take right now to make today and tomorrow your best next chapter.